Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and my co-host here is joining me again, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Hey, Mike. How's it going, man? Um, it is going, I guess, good. Um, I'm focused a lot more on the NBA. My my Bulls depression has, I think, has, has moved on. Uh, I'm not so depressed when I'm watching the NBA as I was a couple weeks uh, last, just even last week. So I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better. Well, they're going to upset the Cavs tonight, right? And then then you're going to be 100 back to normal. Well, um, oh, they're playing the Warriors tonight. They're the oh, Warriors. Did I, I said the Cavs and I'm... you got the Cavs on your mind. You got LeBron on your mind. <laughs> Damn, you, you got, LeBron, you got, you're infiltrating you got, my mind. You got angry LeBron on your mind. What's 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 with LeBron? Suddenly, at the age of thirty-two, throwing throwing fits and shade at people like he's like he's like he's a kid. It doesn't make any sense. LeBron is just an interesting, interesting character. Those are in the sense that he can do whatever he wants. I think, or he thinks he, he can. Certainly thinks he can do whatever he wants, and sometimes he does, and that's something to behold. Um, definitely something, even as one of the most staunch LeBron haters. I can, I can finally appreciate, you know, peak LeBron. So I will say they looked real good tonight, dominating the Pacers and scoring 132 points. Um, I tried to watch a little bit of the first half of that. It was a lot closer in the first half. Um, and then they that, just, that 40 to 18, uh, third quarter, pretty much saw yeah. it away for the Cavs. That kind of hurts. Um, the Pacers aren't good. I don't care what anybody's saying about the Pacers. They aren't good. I don't know how they're above 500 right now. Because the East is terrible. That's how they're above 500. They have like three or four good players, I think. But they're not. I don't know that they're um, a great team. I like uh, Miles Turner a ton. They, um, I'd say they name a team with two, I guess, luckier picks. Than, um, than the Pacers with Miles Turner, and then obviously uh, Paul George. So uh, in, that's in recent times, it's hard to find. It'd be the Kings with Isaiah Thomas, but he doesn't play for the Kings anymore. Well, they're so stupid; they just traded him away. They made him deliver pizzas, and he was like, "I gotta get out of this city." <laughs> but he is amazing now, so good on him. Good on him and yeah. his pizzas. Good on him. Screw Sacramento. Um, it is sad because Sacramento was my '90s uh, West Coast team when the Bulls were the my early 2000s, uh, late '90s, early 2000s West Coast team when the uh, the Bulls were so bad. It was hard. It was hard to watch. I needed I needed one team that would was winning something to to hold me over. Just don't just don't look at the score of that Warriors Bulls game I'm, or the depression may set in. I'm not gonna do it. Jimmy's out, Wade's out, so there's a fifty fifty chance we win the game because the Bulls are weird. Um it's Golden State. They'll probably I'm sure the Golden State will smoke us per usual. Oh, well, I mean, you're not alone in that category at least. What do you, what do you got going on? Any 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 interesting NBA stuff? Happening in, happen in your side of the, the country? Um, well, there's always interesting NBA stuff to talk about. Um, DeMarcus Cousins got 16 technical fouls already. I mean, that's that's always something interesting to chat about, isn't it? Yeah, let's get right, let's get right into um, 
kind of segue off against the Bulls. Boogie got real, got real mad, got real mad, got a technical with about one second left in the game, putting him at 16. Um, this basically means he's suspended for the uh, what tonight's game against Boston, which is horrible news because I'm pretty sure Boston will win that one, and I need the Kings to win some games. Uh, we Bulls need that draft pick. But is this um is this affecting your rest of the year value for Boogie Cousins in fantasy? Um, here's the crazy thing about it. Okay, so once you get to the 16, you get an automatic suspension, and then every even number technical foul after that, you get another one game suspension. So 18, 20, 22, 24. Um, that's rough. Well, what's crazy is if he keeps on his current pace, which is basically getting a technical foul every three games. I mean, there's 30 games left for the Kings. So, much, yeah. so that could be a lot of suspensions piling up real fast here. He's got 16 and 50. Um, yeah, play those numbers. He could sit out five games, six games, somewhere in that in that range. Uh, also, take a look at what he uh, what happened last year at the end of the year. Remember, suspiciously and suddenly, Boogie was only going to play during home games. They're like, uh, Boogie's only going to play at home. It's like, what? Yeah, Demarcus is only going to play at home games. What is that? A you can do that? That's a thing. And then he played two home games. Sat out for a uh, an away game in Portland, played against Washington at home, but then sat out a home game because they were trying to keep that draft pick. If they're hovering around that 9-10 seed, I guarantee the exact same thing happens again this year so they don't give up that pick. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see it. I mean, I think they know they're not a, they're not a championship team. So, I mean, what, what's the sense of making the playoffs if you're not really a team that can contend? Um, other than you get that little bit of playoff revenue, um, there's not really any greatness in that. So I, I could see it happening. So let's combine the fact that there's a decent chance they try to tank, and the only way to tank, like guaranteed way to tank, is to ha- not have uh, the only pl- good player on your team play. Uh, Rudy Gay out for the year, so it does seem like they're not even going to come close to playoffs. Boogie might sit out the last couple weeks of the season or might play sporadically through the last weeks of the season. Every two technical fouls, or, or every two—is it technicals or just yep. or or ejections? It's every two technicals. So if he gets two technicals in one game and he gets ejected, he gets suspended for the next game. Yes, sir. Oh God, that's what that's um that's even worse. This could be this could escalate quickly. If I'm boogie, I'll just go. What's the record? Like he's got to be close already. Just go uh, for the record, man. Well, what's crazy is, I mean, if you look throughout his career, he's been right around that 16 mark every single season. So this guy gets himself in the same predicament every year. Um, he's already the fastest player to get to earn the uh, ejection. 52 games is the fastest anyone's ever earned the the one, the first so game suspension. The, the record books. That's good. So he's got a shot to break that record of, of most in a season. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but he's already ahead of the pace. See, there was a time where you could blame the management. You could blame the coaching there. Uh, you could blame the toxic environment in Sacramento and the, uh, the ownership that has l- no idea what the hell it's doing. But 
now all these story after story after story is just leaking out. And there was actually, I think Zach Lowe was talking to somebody about some article that uh, he wrote. He got like a, you know, an in-depth interview with DeMarcus and interview other guys on the team. And DeMarcus is, might be one of the worst NBA, like attitudes, personalities in the league, or maybe, you know, just in the last decade. They're, everyone's on walking around on eggshells. or uh, just not pissed DeMarcus off. And man, the guy could be the guy could be the best player in the league if he if he really wanted to. Um, I just you hope he matures uh, in the similar fashion Zach Randolph does. But from everything you read about it, it's just at some point you just got to go. Hey, man, this is on you now. I know Sacramento sucks, but this is on you. Well, and. And I, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the big ESPN piece that, that they did about, you know, they, they did the in-depth and, and they said about, you know, yeah, the Mike like, Malone thing and, and the whole yeah. fact that, you know, that they thought Malone reached him and then they, the front office fired him. And then ever since then, like, they haven't really gotten a coach that's earned Cousins' trust and, and all that. And, I mean, I get it in some sense, but in some other senses, like, Cousins just has to learn to not, not be such a child. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What does screaming and yelling obscenities at the ref do for you at some point? Like, it just gets you in trouble. Just quit doing it, man. It's um, it's weird. I mean, you can. I I think a change of scenery has to happen. They the trade trade Boston for like every single player on their team. They would they would do it or all those picks. Why not? That's the only way you're gonna get those. You know, the only way you're gonna get a good player is through the draft in Sacramento. So why not get all those Brooklyn picks? And just call it a you know call it a year or call it a decade for Sacramento. Well, and, and here's the crazy thing I think too is, you know, I think so. I think the whole him being difficult lowers his trade value in a lot of yeah. ways because teams don't want to give up the farm for a player who might wreck their franchise. Exactly. There's just why would you want to bring someone someone who's toxic into an environment where you're already winning. So he may be the the one player in the league where like it's hard to put him in a bucket, right? Like he's so talented, and there's there's no other player in the league that can do some of the things he can do at his size. But yeah. at the same time, he may just never be on a good team, which is sad. So speaking of having Boogie on a team, if he's on your fantasy team right now, knowing what you know about his temperament, about his suspensions, and about the fact that Sacramento wants that draft pick and they got to be in the bottom 10. Are you trying to move him? When are you trying to move him? And then, after you answer those, we're going to play an early trade game. Who are you trading Boogie for? Um, am I trying to move him? That's always a diff- difficult question with Boogie because Boogie is kind of and a different beast. Um, he's he's doing a ton of playmaking this year. He's averaging almost five assists a game. Um, you're getting the big points. The free the field goal percentage isn't exactly the best for a big man, uh, but he shoots relatively good free throw percentage for a big guy. Um, he's giving you good steals, good blocks. Um, Boogie's always a hard guy to trade because I always feel like maybe you don't get the value back you should for him in he's, in fantasy. He's under uh, for sure. I think every. I've had him a couple, a handful of years um, over the last few seasons, and you really don't often, you don't often even get anyone wanting to trade for him. Like you don't, I, I rarely see a 
hey man, uh, yeah, how about what do you think about Isaiah Thomas for Boogie? Like no one's no one's like reaching out to you to trade for Boogie Cousins. But when you have it on a team, and you know, night after night, he is probably the most frustrating guy to watch if you're watching like active box scores because you'll like look at uh, it'll be halftime at the Sacramento game and you'll be like, man, Boogie's got 32 points. This is crazy. Like Boogie's going to be. This is going to be one of the greatest games of all time. And then he has like 38 points at the end of the game. And you're like, what What happened? What happened here? And he didn't even get ejected. Like, what happened? But, I mean, you look at some of his stats this year, 42 and 14, 25, 12, and 10. Um, just recently, 32 and 12, 46 and 15. Uh, the guy's a monster. He's hitting three-pointers almost to a game, which is silly. He's, I think he's one, probably one of the more underrated fancy players that you can get. Well, and and they're running so much of the offense through him this year um, that, like, when when he misses a game, that Kings team is is just really strange to watch. It's it's a really stark contrast um, because he does so many things um, on the offensive end. Do you think he's at peak value right now, or do, do you, does someone who owns Boogie have enough time between now and the All Star break to, uh, to kind of wheel and deal and see if anyone will take take on the Boogie? Um, I think that he's probably at his peak right now. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the suspension thing affects people. I'm not even sure most people know that every two technical fouls now he gets suspended. And so I think if people do know that, some people might be like, well, I'm not touching him. Yeah, I think if he does end up getting two more technicals in the, before the All-Star break, everyone's going to realize that, and they're going to go, oh. And then his value is going to drop. Uh, so somewhere between now and and those next two technicals, I think is definitely peak, peak boogie value. Which could and, be Friday night. I mean, let's face it. I mean, they play yeah. again on Friday night, and he could easily get two technicals in that game. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I think over the next couple of weeks, you're, you're, the goal is to move Boogie. So let's play who you trade Boogie for right into a trade game early in the show. Um, this is a tough one, I think, because like you said, people don't kind of don't really appreciate Boogie uh, fantasy wise. And um, he's kind of a – he's also kind of, a, like you said, an interesting guy, a center who doesn't shoot a high free throw per, or a high field goal percentage, but a center who hits two threes a game. So let's see. Let's see. I'll throw one out. Maybe you throw one at me. Oh, what, who would you get? All right, this is a, a, boring, a boring guy for an underrated guy. Knowing what you know about DeMarcus, would you trade straight up Al Horford for DeMarcus? Ooh, I think I'm going to stick with DeMarcus, What's, given the uh, choice. Yeah, why, why would you do that? So right now for the season, Al Horford is ranked 23rd. DeMarcus is ranked 12th. Um, I just think that Demarcus is Al Horford, but a little bit better version, maybe in some ways. Um, I think Demarcus just is going to give you a little bit more in so many more categories that I think I just want that that upside. 
Um, because maybe he, I mean, his his most technicals in a season are 17. So maybe somehow he finds a way to just stop bending the technicals and plays it out. Yeah, I, I kind of don't disagree with that. I, Al Horford is a, not enough, so but Al Horford would be a nice replacement piece, I think, for, for Boogie. So if you could get Al Horford and another uh, starter back, that would probably, that would improve your team. Uh, that would be great going into the playoffs, knowing that you might not get a lot of um, total games out of Boogie down the stretch. I got I got two ones I want to ask uh, you. All right. Okay. Both, both centers, okay? Okay. First one, Marcus Saul. Ooh. I, I got a soft spot from Marcus Saul. Another underrated fantasy player. Oh, Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul is having a really nice year. I don't think I don't think I've talked about him in a while. I don't think anyone's talked about him in a while. He's a guy who's just unsexy, right? I mean, like no, no yeah. one ever, no one ever gets too pumped about Marcus Saul, unfortunately. He's fairly boring, yet he just upped his scoring from sixteen uh, points a game to twenty-one points a game in uh, from last season. So I don't know why people aren't a little bit more excited about that. because uh, he, he's shooting, a uh, shooting and making about a, a three and a half a game. Um, and in some ways, he's not the typical center in that he's only averaging six point one um, rebounds a game. Yeah, the the you're almost cutting your rebounds in half, and to me that really hurts. So if you're if you're being carried by Boogie, uh, in rebounds, I think you gotta you gotta make a note of that and get someone if you're if you're getting someone like Al Horford or Marcus Sol back to maybe have someone th- throw a, another rebound guy in the mix of this. This would probably be the lowest I would go for DeMarcus. Let's say I can't get anything. No one wants to trade me for DeMarcus Cousins. And one guy's like, you know what? I'll, I'll do Marcus Saul. If you're banking on, uh, you know, missing uh, boogie, missing, you know, 10, 12 games down the stretch. I would, I would, I would make that trade. I would try to get more though. This would might be the lowest I would go for, on a straight up trade. I think you can get Marcus Sol and another and another standard league player for Boogie Cousins. Boogie is is just that good. But it's a good. And, and I will say this about Gasol: Gasol Gasol is going to give you the assist too that not not a lot of other centers are going to give you um, that are kind of comparable there with Cousins. And so that that was kind of why I wanted to mention that name is he's a little bit. Uh, other than the, the huge drop in rebounds, he's a little bit of an analog. And I also want to give Marcus a shout-out for shooting 40% on his three-pointers this year after virtually taking no three-pointers in his career. That just goes to show you um, someone, wasn't, someone wasn't thinking outside the box up until the, uh, this year. The, the Warriors really have changed the entire league. Uh, no doubt about that. All right, ready for man number two? Yes. It is Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert. Ooh, so Rudy Gobert, kind of a straightforward old traditional center, um, with the way his stats are. He's, his rebounds are pretty great. His blocks are also great. His uh, field goal percentage is great. He doesn't shoot a good free throw percentage, 
doesn't really do anything else in the counting stats. He almost gets to steal a game, which has helped his value this year. I would have to say no to that trade, and this is why. Boogie is almost averaging 30 points a game. Rudy Gobert, you're getting 13 points a game back. So okay. if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in first in, in categories, in points, all right, maybe you can make that trade. That actually kind of makes a little bit more sense. You're getting more blocks out of, out of this trade, but you're, you're losing two threes a game. You're losing a ton of points, and you're also losing some, steal, some steals and some assists. I think you're losing more than, uh, than, you're, than you're gaining. I'll, I'll amend my offer to Rudy Gobert and Robert Covington for DeMarcus Cousins. Man, why are you always? You know I like Bob Covington too. I don't like. I don't like those. Uh, Covington's a little risky. Well, Demarcus Cousins is a little risky. I mean, come on now. Let's live by the sword, die by the sword. Let's let's do this. I don't know. Hmm. I would, I would actually, I would definitely consider it long and hard, and and him and Hall about it for at least two days. I think I would, I would try to get someone else. Other, I would get someone better. I try to get someone better than Robert Covington back. And and I think though that that this this trade kind of hits the nail on the head in this sense. It's right on that edge, I think. It's and a it's, good trade. it's probably all you're going to get. If you say, I want X player better than Robert Covington, the other person's probably going to be like, no. And, and you say, um, what if you said, still hurt Avery Bradley? They probably say no, I would think. But And that's what I mean. I always think that Cousins just gets a little undervalued. And, and maybe... Maybe then no one wants to watch Sacramento is the thing. Maybe, you know, the Cousins just gets the rap of being a bad guy, whether he is or not. I mean, I don't know him personally, so I don't know. But it always seems like in anytime I have Cousins and I try to trade him, he just gets slightly undervalued. And so I usually end up keeping Cousins for just that reason. Yeah, I just want to let everybody know DeMarcus Cousins is ranked higher than Russell Westbrook in fantasy 4-9 cat across the board. Um, so just letting you know that's how good – DeMarcus Cousins is. Well, that's because Russell Westbrook just turned the ball over again, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he is averaging about five and a half turnovers a game, and that is pretty much the only reason. But still, just would like everybody to know, if you're playing nine cat, you know, roto leagues, you Cousins did make technically better. You did make a good segue into something that I forgot to mention on the last show that I wanted to mention, um, yeah. and that was that was Avery Bradley, who is. Uh, going to miss the next two weeks uh, uh, yeah. with an injury. And obviously we've seen the ro- what the rotation looks like. I mean, he's been out for a little while. Um, but I wanted to mention it just in, in saying that if you're hoping Avery Bradley is going to be back sometime soon, um, it's definitely going to be after the All-Star break before he comes back pretty much. Are you, are you annoyed by this? Is this um, If you're an Avery Bradley owner, are you, are you just, well, I guess I'll just wait it out. There's nothing I, I can do about it. Um, but if you're if you're an Avery, Avery Bradley buyer, would this be a good time to move on Avery Bradley? Um, it is a good time to move on Avery Bradley. The one thing I'm worried about. Um, do you, do you know what the injury is? It's an Achilles, 
And yeah, those don't often kinda, feel it's, great. It's, it's kind of starting to smell like that Mike Conley one. Uh, was it last year or two years ago where they kept saying, oh, he's going to come back. He's I think come Mike back. Conley oh, had like 20 injuries back. last year down the stretch. Well, and, and they kept saying he's coming back, and then like he'd never play. And he'd never play. And then like it got to the end of the season, and they were like, oh, well, he's just out. I guess he's not going to play. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess there's no more games left, so he's not going to play. Um, and, and that is my kind of big worry here, and one of the reasons I wanted to mention it is I'm a little worried. So if I can get pretty good value for him in a trade, I think I might move. Just because I'm it's not, With the amount of games left, I don't think I'm terribly afraid of of taking on the risk from Avery Bradley. I think I would I would make that trade with you. I would try to get something I would try to get Avery Bradley from you for sure. Um they are giving Jalen Brown more minutes and Marcus Smart um has been playing around thirty minutes a game while Avery Bradley's been out. Uh Jalen Brown's actually been starting for the last oh six, seven games or so. And they've won all those games, by the way. So and and here's I'll say this about Jalen Brown: the fantasy numbers haven't been great, but he looks like a surprising player. I think. Yeah, I think he could. Uh, I think he's got an NBA game in him. Um, he would really look really good on the Bulls with those Brooklyn picks for Jimmy Butler. That'd be fine. Um, <laughs> Mike Streamworld. Listen, he's an asset. I'd rather I'd much rather have Jimmy Butler. Than Jalen Brown, probably I, I, for their whole career too. Jalen Brown could be pretty great, but he's no, he's no Jimmy Butler. I, I read a, a trade that piece, and and they said that that the Celtics trade for Jimmy Butler, and they give up Avery Bradley in that pick. Hmm. Uh, that Brooklyn pick, and I, I thought to myself, like, hmm. would Chicago do that? It's a little light. That's kind of what I thought, but I was like, yeah. a little light, just a little light. See, I, I've been, I actually have been streaming Marcus Smart uh, in a lot of leagues while Avery Bradley's been out, or, and I've picked him up in a few standard leagues uh, to get the uh, the steals. Uh, I'm, I'm, make, I'm trying to make a run on steals in a couple in a couple leagues, and um, I so far I have not been disappointed. Uh, Marcus Smart isn't terribly, you know, killing it by any means, but. Um, in the last month, he is ranked 111th on average, and that's standard league relevant. His field goal is terrible. I was going to say, is this a dog that ever gets a new trick, or is he just – is Marcus Smart Marcus Smart at this point? Well, I I don't think I would say that at 22. At 22 years old, a lot of guys at 22, though, don't magically – change their entire game but when it comes to uh, improving your shot it's one i think that's one of the things that when you work when people work on it it, sometimes it does work wonders and it does improve um a ton of of their ability and if, if this guy could just bump up to you know what i consider nba relevant of being over 40 percent with his uh, his defense and his ability to actually distribute the ball f- fairly well, 
he uh, he would be a really good st- uh, fantasy player. He'd be a really good NBA player. But um, but but that I, I think know. he nailed it though. I think that even forty percent is such an improvement that is it ever really going to get higher than that? Yeah, that's that's a whole five percent, um, about four percent from this year. Which so I guess if you're looking at between last year and this year, he has technically improved. About two percent, about one percent. So my my point being, I don't think he's going to do it though. Right, he's always going to be a detriment in that category, no matter even at forty percent. Like he, he's a negative in that category. Yeah, definitely. Um, Um, so he's going to be decent rebounds, decent assists for a a shooting guard, and Mm -hmm. good steals, and not much else, and decent threes. Maybe he could maybe get up there. He's actually shooting thirty-one percent this year. Which is a lot better than the twenty five he shot last year. Yeah, that was uh, it. Baffled me to see him, you know, a handful of games hitting multiple threes a game, and I was like, "What? What's going on here?" Shooting a lot more threes, which probably doesn't help his percentages. But if he can become a three and D guy, which is probably what he is trying to become by shooting more threes, he'll have a long uh, career in this league. He, he's definitely an NBA player, so uh, he's. He, He's caliber enough, to, I think, to either be a guy off the bench in a rotation, or even, uh, you know, if he's hitting threes, he could he could start from a lot of teams. I just, yeah, man, there doesn't seem to be any hope for his for his shot. But um, I'm willing to ride him in fantasy simply because his steals. He's one of the few players that you could find on the waiver wire who could average two steals a game for uh, the last month, which is exactly what he's done. And and in deep leagues, a lot of times I'll draft him real late in the draft, um, just because he's an asset in, in a couple categories. There, he's an, usually an asset in assists and, and steals. Which I mean, in deep leagues, sometimes you got to pay for some cracks, right? And you need you need that boost. Yeah, he's kind of a sneaky good late round uh, for bigger leagues. And there's another guy who is um, recently injured, who is also a sneaky good late round pick uh for deeper leagues and that is evan turner evan turner is out with a fractured right hand predicted to come back march 15th uh, mid-march five to six weeks that is not good for anyone who is owning evan turner um you if you if you were in a big enough league to own evan turner but I think this is a little bit more interesting than your average guy who is either in your drop zone or not even on a team in a standard league, because unlike a lot of guys who aren't, you know, owned in standard leagues or owned in a lot of standard leagues, Evan Turner plays about 28 minutes a game. And that means 28 minutes is going somewhere on Portland. So what, what do you think the fantasy impact is for, uh, for on Portland with Evan Turner being out? Oh, it has got to be the return of 30-minute games for Mo Harkless, doesn't it? Oh, can't you be Mo Harkless? I love Mo Harkless. Uh, was that a song parody? Was that oh, a, can't are you, you be are you Mo Harkless? Are you now? I'm, uh, are you- listen, I am a huge Kanye uh, backer. Nothing he can do is is wrong in my eyes, even talking to a, a terrible president. So I, um, yeah. I am parodying um, a great Kanye song because Mo Harkless is good enough to be parodied in a Kanye song. Um, he was already playing, though, 29 minutes a game. But he wasn't recently. Have you, have that's you, true. 
that's true. He's he's been kind of on the outs in Portland. Uh, Aminu has been moving up just uh, just a, a tad over there, but neither I feel like neither one of them has really been impressing me in the last like month or so. He's been bad, but in thirty minutes, I think he gets this gets you you know just enough that block that steal, just enough to kind of be good in in your standard leagues. Um, so I'm excited for Moharkos because now Moharkos seems like he's viable again in a standard league. Rest of the year, I'm gonna throw the I'm gonna throw these guys at you. Al Farouk Aminu or Moharkos? Oh God, that that's always the conundrum, isn't it? Um, they're two very different I'm, guys, so like it's hard to say like in a, in a vacuum because like one might fit your team better than the, the other one. Um, okay, so in a vacuum, I'm assuming is what you're asking me. It has to be in a vacuum. Um, I am going for Moharkless, um, just because I think the block and the steel combined are going to be a little more for Harkless, and he's going to give you a few more points. I completely agree. Mo Harkless at 29 minutes a game or Alan Crabb at 30 minutes a game? Um, Alan Crabb is only going to give you points, so unless it's a points league... Um, I'm going to take my heartless. I think that's uh, another accurate statement. Mason Plumley or Mo Harkless. I have a soft spot for Mason Plumley. Um, I really like Mason Plumley, especially um, with the assists that he, though he's been kind of weird in a weird spot lately, but I still, I still like him a lot. Um, there I am probably going to go for Mason Plumley unless his terrible free throw percentage is a detriment to my team. Um, and then I will have to go for Mo Harkless. I think at 30 plus minutes, like you say with Mo Harkless and his track record, uh, playing, playing heavier minutes, I think you can go Mo Harkless. I could see that. I think Mo Harkless is a top 75 player, um, the rest of the way. Wow. Write that one down, everybody. Feel free to tweet at Tyler uh, Watsy4444 about his bold top 75 prediction for Mo Harkless. Hey, man, I've been making bold calls all week on the show, man. Oh. Yeah, that's what the people want to hear. The people need boldness in, 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 these, in these dark times. Um, let's see. What, what other uh, – oh, I got really bad news. Oh. Really, really bad news. A horrible, horrible energy, uh, injury. Oh, I thought you were going to say your cat died. No. Oh, God, I hope not. Well, uh, you were making it seem like it was something real bad, so. Well, this is this is worse uh, for some people. Out for the year. The one, the only. Dragon Bender. The coolest name ever. Are, are, are we sticking with the year? I, I I'm st- I'm sticking with year. I'm sticking with year. Well, David Aldridge got, is having surgery, from what you, I've read. Did you see the David Aldridge report? I I did not. I saw this this morning. Okay, some Croatian I, I, newspaper website. I'm not sure what they were. Um, it was a, a Croatian outlet. Uh, said that he was out for the season with a surgery. Um, David Aldridge just reported a little bit ago that he's out four to six weeks with an arthroscopic surgery on Wednesday. Okay, so they're just cleaning him out, it sounds like. So, I mean, that puts him to return 
I mean, not much fantasy value, but obviously that's probably before the end of the regular season. So I, I have a I have the uh, a relevant fantasy question. Cooler name, Dragonbender or Bismack Biombo? Dragon Bender, man, he's the dragon. Yeah, Dragonbender. Yeah, you can, but you can you, scream. You can scream Bismack Biombo. That's a that's a cooler name to yell. Well, you you can scream anything you want, can't you? Yeah, I usually do. Um. <laughs> oh man, no, that 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 took my mind to a bad place. I won't even mention <laughs> what I was thinking. So, uh, are you thinking about me and and Cody Zeller in that ice bath again? Yes, again. It, you brought oh, it back. Man. That's um, one of these days. That should be one of those like crappy auction. Oh, so the Celtics are having a silent auction. One ice bath with Cody Zeller. What? No one's bid on this. Perfect. This is mine. That's mine. <laughs> so yeah, Dragon Bender. Oh. If you're if you got Dragon Bender in your uh, on your team in a league, you're either in a in a. I I would say you're in a deep keeper league. Or you're in the, one of the deepest leagues, you know, people play in. So, so here, here's my my fantasy relevant question. Um, this is a dynasty league, um, and the penalty to keep players is relatively insignificant. Um, you got Dragon Bender, and mm-hmm. I've got Marquise Chris, and I say I'm wanna, I I want to know, will you do? Will you trade me Dragon Bender for Marquise Chris? Do I have an IR spot? Um, you have one, but someone's clogging it. Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> what? What? Where am I at in the standings right now? Um, we're both on the fringe of the playoffs. We're both simmering around the playoffs. Um. Oof, that's a, that. I think that's a pretty good. It's a pretty good trade. Um, note, this actually could be a little detrimental. I believe Marquise Chris was ejected this evening. Um, so he's, you know, I, I'm not sure I want that kind of uh, animosity in my fantasy <laughs> locker room. And then Cousins will uh, be going at it in the corner. Is that what you're trying to yeah. say? Yeah, I don't want, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need him on the team of Cousins. <laughs> I don't even want to know what's going to happen. I don't think so. I think I would stick with Dragonbender because neither one of them are relevant. Uh, I think this year, even if uh, Marquise Chris gets more minutes with Dragonbender out for the year, so he, he grabs some of his minutes. Uh, Marquise Chris has had the uh, the occasional pretty interesting game. I think if you look at long term ceiling, Dragonbender has the more potential. But um, I don't think you're. If someone made that trade. I don't think you're in the wrong or stupid for doing it. You just like Marquise Chris better. That's fine. Well, and I just I've found it interesting. Like I don't disagree with you that I think the the Dragon Bender's ceiling is a lot higher, but they're both 19, and it seems like the Suns think Marquise Chris is the better player right now. Yeah, and that's that is kind of um, interesting to note that at 19 he's playing um, you know meaningful minutes for Phoenix today. And Dragon Bender isn't, even though he was the much, well, I guess I shouldn't say much higher, but higher draft pick. He was more hyped as well. You, I mean, you, I, maybe I am li- uh, living in a um, a hyped train. 
clouded world with Dragonbender, and I'm just I'm just seduced by his super cool name. Um, Dragon, I, I like I just I think I like Dragonbender's all around potential for fantasy. Um, his, and I, I don't know that we've we've seen enough Bender to know what what he's going to be or what he could be against NBA competition. I just don't think it's a crazy idea that in four years' time, there's probably a thirty-five to forty percent chance that Marquise Chris is actually the better NBA player than Dragon Bender. I, I would, I would even venture it's fifty-fifty at this point. Um, I, th- I mean, Marquise Chris does have a, the ability to hit threes. Um, he, can, he can pull down some boards. He gets some steals. His steal and block is hovering around the 1-1 one, one mark, uh, you know, even in, in limited minutes. So, and, and he's kind of what Dragon Bender was hyped to be, right, so far? I mean, like... Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. So it's just something to watch going forward. If you're going for the, uh, if you're going for the playoffs, I think you make that trade. If you're sitting at the bottom of your of your league, it's a toss up, fifty fifty. Well, and and I think you maybe go for Bender if you're at the bottom because if you're at the bottom, you apparently need someone to get you back to the top. Yeah, you need you need someone to to, to force your your future seasons uh, for your keeper league into uh, something worthwhile. So you want the upside. I mean, I, I quite frankly thought we would not even uh, talk about Dragon Bender, but I, that was a. Uh, a real fantasy conundrum for Dragon Bender. I'm always asking the hard-hitting questions, Mike. You know this. I, I could talk about Keeper Dynasty Leagues, and we probably should talk a little bit more about Keeper Dynasty Leagues every once in a while uh, because those are my favorite leagues to play in. Those and, are uh, the greatest leagues, are they not? It's hard to find a right group of people to play in. Uh, you got to have a dedicated group of people, but when you find uh, a dedicated group of people to play a Keeper League in, I don't think there's a better way of playing um just it adds another level of strategy uh there's a a certain person who um has been waiting for giannis to emerge since his rookie year and um yeah everybody hates that person and probably will for the you know next (laughs) career uh, of giannis 20 seasons yeah for the next 20 years of his life we're gonna have to amend the rules to make having keepers worse for you um so so the league isn't ruined. But we've already done that before cuz I had Steph Curry as a keeper my rookie year and we had to amend the rules so I didn't win the league every single year as well. Um and so well, well that just doesn't seem right. Yeah, this league has a every th- uh 3 years we have a rules summit. So everybody gets together and and votes on rules. Um and we all totally try to screw over the guy who's won the last yeah. 2 years. It's completely. It's all political. It's wonderful. It's uh, oh, it's a lot man. of lobbying, a lot of texting people, and the and the, or taking people out to drinks and and and, and talking shit about somebody. And be like, we should do something about this man. What about raising the keeper values? Like, oh, that's a great idea. It's a. It's like a really terrible Game of Thrones that no <laughs> one would watch. <laughs> All right, so we got to talk about something from today's action. It happened in the Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks game. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's not the signing of Michael George Hunt. 
I know you were looking forward to talking about that, but he did yeah, not play. I, gotta, I have three pages of notes on that, but if you want to just skip right through it, fine. <laughs> it was the return of Chris Middleton for 15 um, glorious, amazing minutes. There he is. The guy everyone's been talking about nonstop for probably a month and a half. Um, I did not catch any action of this game, so I probably will need to go and look at highlights because when it comes to guys returning off of a long injury, I like to I like to give the visual test. Ooh, but something else happened that could make Chris Middleton even that much more juicy, Mike. You are right. You you want to tell everyone what happened? Um, I don't, I don't want to get down on myself now. So. And in, in also, more horrible news than – a lot of horrible news tonight, worse than Dragonbender. Uh, Javari Parker went down, uh, looks like a knee sprain, did not return to this game uh, tonight. To, uh, the, the people – all the peoples on Twitter, all the, the streets are saying, uh, did not look good. Really did not look good. This could and- be an extended outage. This could be something more serious. We got to wait and see. It's worth mentioning they said the same thing with Zach Levine the night it happened. He yeah. said, knee sprain, evaluated tomorrow, MRI, boom, out for season torn ACL. You also got to remember a lot of these people also every time Anthony Davis dies for a ball, they assume he's out for the rest of the year too. So there's there's a lot, lot of leeway back and forth of who might be right in this one. Uh, definitely a wait and see, don't panic kind of moment. But um, – not not great for Jabari Parker owners, especially since he was having, an, uh, to me, an incredible year. Definitely blowing away the um, the value you got from probably where you drafted Jabari this year. Well, and a lot of people said that when Middleton gets up to his usual minutes, which uh, granted could be March, yeah, or after before that happens, I'm, a lot of I'm people said after All Star break at the very earliest. Well, and a lot of people said, though, that what's going to hurt his value from last season's top 30 numbers is the emergence of Jabari Parker. Well, cross Jabari Parker's name off the list now, perhaps. Not much is stopping Middleton from being that number two guy on that team. Yeah, I think that definitely bumps his, um, his uh, I guess, it wouldn't be a ceiling because a ceiling is a ceiling, but it would be his uh, usage rate, I guess which would help his uh, overall averages. I didn't see the game tonight looking at the box score. I'm not impressed, but I, I, 15 minutes is nothing to um, read into too much. Um, And getting your feet wet after four months of not playing any basketball is usually never pretty, is it? No, you're, it's, it's going to take some time. Like I said, he's probably not even going to get um, into the swing of things until after the All-Star break. Even It could be even longer than that. They are preparing him for what I would assume is a late playoff push uh, from in March into April and hopefully make the playoffs and, and making some noise in the playoffs with a healthy team. Hopefully Jabari Parker is healthy. They can get that eight seed. They can upset the Cavs in the first round. The Bulls can beat them in the in the final in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, and um, we'll get smoked by the Warriors. So, I will say it was a bad game tonight, right? I'm hoping for two more. 
from Chris Middleton. I'm hoping he does not do much in the next two games. And if I don't own him, that's what I'm moving. I th- I think I'm willing to give him more. I'm willing to give him more games. No, no, I'm not. I'm not moving on. I'm moving to acquire him. Oh, okay, so yeah, you're you're saying if I'm, I don't own him, I'm giving him two more games. I'm hoping he stinks in both of them. Yeah, this is ex- kind of a, him. It's kind of exactly what you want him to have a couple dud games, and and then you, you make that trade. You know, go listen to the last episode, everybody, where we do talk about who you would like to trade for Chris Middleton. Um, as an excellent plug, you can find all of our shows on hashtagbasketball.com, our wonderful um, publisher. I, I did notice that uh, Josh Richardson did not play tonight for the Heat. So we'll see when he returns. I thought he was all, returning. Soon. He's always snaking us, man. He I always know. keeps saying he's coming back, and then he just never plays. Uh, poor James Johnson. I th- that guy's great. Now, now today's thing is he's targeting a return before the All-Star break, hmm. which I don't know what that means. That could mean tomorrow. It, it probably does not. That is what I'm thinking. Um, let's see. What, what else is going on around the league? There is the return of Lance Stevenson in Minnesota. Okay, so here's a serious question. How does that guy always make the front page? He's a fun he's a fun guy to cuz he's just he's unpredictable. He's he's like a catalyst. You just don't know when something's going to set him off. Uh he's kind of like the reason everybody kind of likes watching Dion Waiters because the guy's got weird confidence and he's kind of a loose cannon. You don't know what he's going to say. You don't know what he's going to do. Lance is like double Dion Waiters. You just don't. When Lance is blowing in LeBron's ear in the playoffs, is awesome. He had that incredible season with the Pacers, and then he looked like crap in, in Charlotte, and now he's out of the league, but now he's back in the league. I mean, he's nothing but interesting. Okay, so serious question now. Name the times. Lance Steven has been standardly relevant in fantasy. Hmm. Three months during the Indiana season, which was three years ago. 2013, 2014. Yeah. That's yep. it, right? And then uh, everyone went out and drafted him when he, when he went to Charlotte because they, they're like, oh, this guy's going to be – Averaging a triple double in Charlotte. That's how that's how hype people were about Lance Stevenson. It's kind of embarrassing when you think about it. He barely averaged a triple single in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah it was really bad in Charlotte. Um, that did not work. Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna put this one in the bag, and I'm gonna tie it up real tight, and I'm throwing it right in the trash can. Not. Do not touch Lance Stevenson in your standard leagues. If you your league has 20 teams and 20 roster spots, maybe you pick up Lance Stevenson. I don't even know if you do it then. I would I would talk up Lance Stevenson a whole lot, though, just on the off chance someone in your league picks him up and then you can just kill that guy for, like, three years. <laughs> just like, Remember that time you picked up Lance Stevenson on that 10-day contract in Minnesota? You're an idiot. 
he could play though. I mean, he could actually get some minutes. He He's played. only got to beat out Brandon Rush to play some decent minutes, right? He, he played. Uh, it looks like he played tonight. Nineteen minutes, almost twenty minutes tonight. Which why this team is not playing their point their young point guards with Ricky Rubio, I cannot figure out. I mean, Tibbs Tibbs might be messing this one up. Don't play Lance Stevenson, Tibbs. Don't play Brandon Rush. Play Tyus Jones. Play Chris Dunn. Don't don't mess it up, Tibbs. There was Tibbs. there was well, one thing Tibbs did that never made any sense. And it was like he had this like weird irrational love of the backup guard spot. And he would just let that guy do whatever he wanted. But then everybody else on the team had to follow like the exact plan or you sat the rest of the game. Like it, it just didn't, it didn't, but it doesn't matter for that backup guard. Don't matter. Backup guard can do whatever he wants. Tyus Jones, 27 minutes tonight. Shabazz Muhammad, 25 minutes tonight, 22 points. So that's kind of interesting. Shabazz and Tyus, uh, I think are the candidates to, um, fill in that Zach Levine minutes. And we kind of went with Tyus Jones so far, but, uh, you know, looking at the box score tonight, Shabazz is a little bit better. Well, and Shabazz is going to be a points guy, right? Yeah. But he's going that, to give you Shabazz. points always. Yeah. All the time. Um, and then <laughs> Lance, Lance has now entered the conversation. So, um, don't, please don't pick up Lance Stevenson. Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't do care what kind of league it is. Put him in the bin bag. Do not make that mistake. I'd like to take a moment now to talk about our sponsor, NoHalftime.com. If you haven't heard about NoHalftime.com, it's a pretty cool mobile app for fantasy sports. Basically, NoHalftime allows you to create a player versus player challenge in most of the major sports. So NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and the PGA. You can basically do anything. You can take uh, Raymond Felton versus Garrett Temple, and whoever ends up having the best night wins. It's a, it's a pretty simple concept, but there's basically endless possibilities, endless uh, combinations you could actually come up. It's uh, different than other traditional fantasy services because your lineup really just consists of one player, not a whole team where you're going against a ton of people. You've you got one player versus one person. If you like uh, betting on fantasy sports especially the NBA, go ahead and go to nohalftime.com right now and use the promo code BOXES, that is B-O-X-E-S, to get started today. So I think we're going to finish up here with uh, something that no one's been waiting for, but uh, I've been waiting for. How, How about that? I've been waiting for this. We're going to rank the most interesting teams going down the second half of the season. And we are going to take those rankings and we are going to do a little deep dive over the next uh, couple weeks or so before the all-star break to um, kind of flesh out, you know, what to be expected from these teams coming up in that in the second half, what you should be looking for, um, maybe take advantage of. So these would be teams the, that are most interesting fantasy-wise. And what I mean by that is uh, the most potential for a roster mix-up, a, a trade, a lot of waiver wire players on that team, a lot of minutes and rotations that could be switching where you could actually take advantage of that and get, gain a little bit of an edge, uh, either coming off the waiver wire or making a savvy trade that could uh, that help your seasons. And so I'm going to go top five. Do you think that's fair, a top, a top five? Um. Yeah, with the caveat that 
over the next few shows, some we might we might it might grow. Someone might sneak in there based on something that happens. Uh, oh yeah, if there if there is a trade, more than we're going to be talking about these these five teams. Right. So so you want to you want to start? Five. No, we're starting at five. We're going to start at five. I, I want I want you to start. Okay, starting at five. I hadn't planned on starting backwards. Um, this is throwing a whole wrench into my list. I got to look at the bottom of my list now. So the top. Um, at number five, I got the Phoenix Suns. Oh, the Phoenix Suns are in my list as well. They are interesting. Uh, looking at their roster, you have obviously we already talked about the horrible, tragic end of Dragon Bender's season, um, which might not be actually over, but. You got Marquise Chris, who is an interesting young guy. They got a they got a ton of interesting young talent, and they don't know what they're doing, and they don't know where they're going. You got Eric Bledsoe in the mix as a really nice asset for uh, someone who might be interested in him. And I, I just don't even know where this team's going, and I don't think they know either, which makes this interesting. Well, and I think I think they should try to move guys like PJ Tucker, guys like Tyson Chandler and try to get some more young assets to build that team around Jared Dudley. If anyone's willing to pay anything for Jared Dudley, move him. Um, now does that actually happen? I mean, that's part of the intrigue, but I mean, a guy like Alex Len could be interesting if Tyson Chandler gets moved. I mean, they're, they're, they're a team that could build a lot of intrigue as the season goes on. And, and that's why I got him as fifth because I feel like they don't know what they're doing, and and it, they become a lot more interesting when trades start happening versus the fact that they would just kind of mix it up a lot. I have more faith in the Lakers going after uh, taking their young guys and just throwing them in the starting lineup and letting them see what happens. But the Suns uh, occasionally will do that, but they, they they don't stick to it. And so a trade mix-up is a lot rarer, but a trade mix-up would make this team a lot more interesting. And definitely Alex Lynn is someone I'm looking at. Uh, maybe um, Devin Booker has has a nice second half. Uh, you, you, you never know. PJ, PJ Tucker and TJ Warren are in the mix. So a lot of interesting guys. Maybe Brandon Knight moves. Ton, there's, I think there's, there's a ton of names on one team. Some some teams only have like two guys who are even interesting. This this team's got like seven. So they were number four on my list. Oh, are you ready for number five? All right. What's number five on your list? The New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, the the Pelicans did not make my my top five. Oh, see, so we got some intrigue already. I just think that the Pelicans are going to make some sort of move. Uh, We heard about the Jewel Okafor thing the other day, uh, that they're trying to maybe acquire him, which him and Anthony Davis is a pairing. is pretty interesting. Uh, It might not be the best long-term move for that team, but it certainly is a move for that team that doesn't s- sound as terrible as Okafor playing on like Brooklyn or LA or, or any of these other teams, you know, having those two guys play together seems like it could be somewhat interesting, even though I feel like those uh, Anthony Davis and Okafor over their positions overlap. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, another thing that's really interesting is they've been rumored to be kind of looking to move Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, you know, that could make the return of Tim Frazier um, as far as like a standard league guy. 
Uh, I'm interested to see what Buddy Heald does in the second half, if he can become something. Um, he's already relatively old for a rookie, and so the window is closing in, in the sense that he needs to make himself something sooner rather than later, or he's never going to be anything. And so I just think there's a lot of kind of little intriguing bits. Uh, does Tyreek Evans get back into being something? That's that's who I'm interested in. Oh, freak Tariq. Love that guy. Oh, and I mean, I think he's just a supremely talented player. He's my fancy um, kryptonite. If he can ever get his body healthy. Yeah. Definitely my fancy kryptonite. I probably own him almost every year and every year. I'm like, why did I – why did – he's injured. He's injured again. Why did I do this? So he's definitely on a few of my teams this year for, for just that reason. I can't I can't get away from him. Well, I can't get away from Freak Tariq. <laughs> All right. Who's your number four? Let's hear it. All right. Number four. Most interesting team going down the second half. Um, the Denver Nuggets. Oh, another one on my list. A team higher up in the they're, rankings. They're, but They're actually my number one team because wow. I think a ton is going to change wow. with this team. Wow. That is aggressive, but I think not not unfair. Not unfair to rank them number one. Um. You got a lot of you got a lot of more pieces, and you know what? Maybe I ranked Denver too low now that I'm looking at these pieces because you don't know what's going on with Jamal Murray. Uh, something we talked about in the last episode. You got uh, Jokic and Nurkic. What's going on there? Is Nurkic ever going to get a second chance? Uh, what's the Kenneth Freed situation? Is Kenneth Freed going to move to another team? Will Barton, Gary Harris sharing time? Wilson Chandler's already said he wants out of there. Uh, is Moody is Moody a part of their future? Is he someone who's like, there's a lot of moving parts. You just there's a lot to talk about on that team. And, and uh, I trade, might have to bump them up in my rankings, but yeah. And the trade either makes them super interesting or makes it so much more complicated because they already have a ton of moving parts. You know, ooh, what if this guy got big minutes? He could be interesting. What if this guy got big minutes? He could be interesting. And so if they trade a guy or two for another interesting piece. That just further complicates it. Or they could move two or three or four of their pieces and maybe a draft pick or two and actually get someone who is big. And that would be really interesting. I feel like this is a, a team that needs to do multiple moves because you got to figure out your your guard situation. Jamal Murray looks like a, someone who, who you could you know, build around. Gary Harris... Also seems like someone you could build around. So you don't need someone like Jameer Nelson. You don't need someone like Will Barton. Um, and then what does that make Emmanuel Moutier? Uh, and then in the, in the middle, you have Danielle and Wilson Chandler. And, and then Kenneth Fareed, you're like, well, those guys can't all play together. That didn't work uh, over the last three or four years. It's not going to work again this year those guys have enough value to go play on a contender right now. All three of those guys. Um, this well, could, they, you're right. This could be probably the most interesting team. I think though, when it comes to trades and it comes to the NBA and trades, everybody gets hyped up and nothing ever happens. I don't know that anything's going to happen. Um, but if any team is screaming for a trade, it's the Juancho Hernan Gomez, who I think could be an interesting, at least role player in the league um and he can't even barely sniff any minutes because they just have so many bodies so many guys yeah there's a lot of 
There's a lot that can happen there. Um, I actually regret so putting them are, fourth. They are my number one team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, That's I, fine. I spoiled that. You've convinced me to, to move them up in my rings. I'm going to move them to third. <laughs> All right. Phoenix was my number four team. So you want to go with your number three? Uh, you do you do your number three your number three team. Oh man, my number three team. It's the San Antonio Spurs. Psych. What? I'm, pull, I'm pulling that one back. It's not. It's not really the Spurs. Um, my number three team on the interesting scale is probably the Miami Heat. Oh, interesting. Um, so we're gonna solve the Chris Bosh saga here coming up, which means Chris Bosh is gonna be cut. Um, so that's going to be an interesting storyline because it's coming back around. They had to wait a year with him not being able to play before they could like move his contract off their books. Um, and so that whole story is going to be brewing back up again. Um, it's a shame. That's probably the Josh biggest tra- tragedy of the last uh, of the last couple of years is, well, uh, is Chris Bosh. Sad. I, I heard some craziness that they basically – they have to get an independent doctor to say that he can't play anymore to get him off the books, which they think is going to happen. But then I heard that they think there may be a doctor or two out there who will like clear him to play if he's relatively healthy. And so he could play for someone else. I just don't want to see that guy die on the court. Like it's, it's, it's incredibly sad that he can't play the game that he's amazing at. And he, even at, even though he was in the in the in the um, you know on the dark side during the 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 three you know banana boys down there the in Miami he was at least probably the, the most likable out of the three and he just seems like a weird goofy dude um, I just I'd rather see him sadly retire than die during a game so. I, I I don't know that he can I've said this in the past. If you picture, like, you ever see a kid draw an alien? Yeah. Okay. I've seen kid, children's drawings of aliens. Doesn't Chris Bosch look exactly like that, except for instead of being green, he's a different color? He's a weird, long-necked, pterodactyl-looking dude. Like, if you have a six-year-old son, have him draw an alien. Put it up next to Chris Bosch's picture. I bet you it looks pretty similar. I um I want to find there is a cartoon that I think everyone should go and Google and download. And is, right. I'm trying to figure out what the, what the, what is actually called is something about Chris Bosch being a time traveling wizard of some sort. Oh, you're making this up now. Is this your cartoon? Did you? I, is this I, yours? I wish I could take credit for this. Um, it is, is something absolutely ridiculous that I stumbled this upon. This is Mike's new segment. It's called Mike Plugs His Own Cartoon. It is called Adventures of Chris Bosch in the Multiverse. So go out, Google that. Chris Bosch wandering around the multiverse, saving the world, saving the multiverse, not just the world, the multiple universes, no big deal, and also playing for the Miami Heat at the exact same time. Um, it is one of the weirder things you will see, and probably the the only thing that made me not dislike Chris Bosh when he was playing with LeBron and Wade. So, enough of the Chris Bosh talk, okay? All right. Back to what makes them super interesting. 
they're probably going to try to move Goran Dragic. And any time a team gets a new starting point guard, that's interesting, right? Plus, this is a team with some guys who, given a larger role, it's, I just kind of want to see what they can do. Tyler Johnson being one. Josh Richardson, seeing if he can get that shooting percentage back up like we talked about in the last show. Um, I'm not super interested in Dion Waiters. Um, I'm interested to see if Rodney Magruder is a real NBA player, um, which doesn't have a lot to do with fantasy, but just for the long-term strategy of the Heat. I just think they got some some kind of under-the-radar bubbling storylines there. So, yeah, the, the Miami did not make my list. And and I'll say I'll t- uh, I think you make some valid points of why they're interesting. I also think we've kind of seen all those guys play ex- enough extended minutes to get a gist of what they're at. Now the rotations could change and someone could actually uh, bump up into heavier minutes and that could change the, uh, the, the rotations and the I think, outlook of those guys. But I think you kind of know what's going on on, on the Miami Heat. And so that's, they didn't make my top five. If Drogic gets traded, I'm interested to see Tyler Johnson's starting point guard, what that turns into. That becomes interesting. And I wish um, uh, Winslow was still healthy because that'd be interesting to see him try to play point guard as well. Um, yeah, no, they would be a little more interesting with Winslow. So my number three, which I've demoted to number four and put Denver at number three. So my actual number four is the Orlando Magic. Oh, man. Again, you're taking all my good ones. That was my number two. Oh, jeez. You don't – You uh, my number one and number two, I'm not even sure you have on your list. I don't. So yeah. this is interesting. This is a good shakeup here. Well, we got like you know eight teams to cover now. So we similar reason to Miami, except for I think there's a lot. There's guys with uh, bumps in playing time that could uh, to make this a lot more interesting. So if Vujovic or Ibaka moves, what does that do to Bismack Biombo? Does that put him in a, in a starter role in a thirty minute role? When we've seen Bismack Biombo play starters minutes in Toronto. He was a force to be reckoned with when it came to rebounds and blocks. Uh, That became incredibly interesting automatically. What's going on with Alfred Payton? Is that guy just completely, utterly inconsistent, or does he have a nice second half? He's actually had really nice second halves in previous seasons, so it's someone to watch as well. Aaron Gordon um, getting hyped off of his dunk contest could possibly have a great second half, or he could just continue to do what he does now. I like the ceilings of the guys on this team more than I like the ceilings of the guys on the Miami Heat. Um, yeah, I like the ceiling of Bismack Miambo, Aaron Gordon, and Alfred Payton. I don't know where Serge is going. I don't know if he's part of this team. I don't know what Vujovic's up to. I just don't know what they're going to do because this team as it exists does not actually work. And this is a team that is is always trading. They're always making moves, aren't they? They're always making I mean, bad moves. Yes, I mean, I mean, we can already see that Serge Ibaka trade was terrible. They traded their best player for Serge Ibaka, who's now not their best player. Yeah, who who was thriving in a system that had two of the top five players in the league taking up all the good defense and all the attention. Um. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Uh, the the center thing is super interesting in the sense that Vucevic is all offense and Biombo is all defense. I think, 
And if you could somehow make that one player, that may be the best center in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want. I just don't see that way. Little weird experiments they're doing in Orlando for that. Um, I'm interested in that. The the things that that make them really interesting to me is I, I think they make some sort of trade and it, it's probably not a great one for them. That's usually just seems to be their mo. Um, Aaron Gordon was a guy who got a ton of hype, and I think Frank Vogel has miscast him as a small forward. So I'm interested to see if they move Abaka and let him play power forward, what he can actually be as a power forward, which could be super super interesting. Even in fantasy, he could easily get the steal on the block a game. Uh, steal a block and a three, kind of be that triple one threat. Yeah, he could be. Um, he could be some sort of hybrid version of Blake Griffin and 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 Paul George, just like you know they thought he was going to be Paul George, which is kind of a, a bit ridiculous. But he he's definitely more of a Blake Griffin body type, uh, a little bit leaner, a little bit quicker, um, a little bit smaller. I I want to see him thrive because the skill set there. Is so it just seems like there's so much potential there that he could be um really I think his his ceiling is future could be all Eastern Conference All Star in his career, but he could also just be a role player. Um and the other guy I'm really interested in is Sonia. I mean, is this guy ever gonna be anything? And I don't think we know the answer to that question, and I don't think he's ever gotten the minutes to to even give us a glimpse. No, there's he's he's buried. So we have, we just haven't seen enough of him. You would think you would see more of him if he was something, but um, coaches are weird like that. Well, and I mean, if we just say, okay, see you, Jody Meeks, you're you're not getting any minutes, and and CJ Watson, you're you're kind of sitting out for a bit, and and DJ Augustine, you're you're not getting too many more minutes. We're gonna see what we got in Mario Hazonia. I think I think that's fair. That's why Orlando is on my list. Uh, what, what's who's left on your list? That was it. I only had two left. Oh. Or you said them both already. I, I, so my three. Um, Suns at five. Your three was my Orlando two. at four, and Denver at three. Now because you convinced me to move them up. But yeah, Denver had... was my my Denver and Orlando were my 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 one and two. Oh. All right, my my one and two are completely different. You ate my list. Well, sorry, man. Oh, let's hear it. So I'm ready. Let's do it. Number two is the Los Angeles Lakers. For the reasons we've talked about earlier tonight and last uh, last show, the minutes could get interesting there. Now, this could be also something we talked about in the last show, and I believe this is where your opinion lies, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Luke Walton could never figure out and or never want to figure out what the real rotation is here. And everybody ends up playing 27 minutes a game like they currently are, and it doesn't get interesting whatsoever, and nothing exciting happens. It also, that would be the boring, crappy ending. Um, The other result could be they do feel something out with the rotation, they got Zubac going and D'Angelo Russell going and Brandon Ingram going and something clicks and all of a sudden this these guys are popping off 35 minutes a night. They get they're starting to get hot. They're starting to play really well together as a young core, and that becomes um, something uh, that you can make a pretty good uh, fancy move considering a lot of those guys are either close to the drop zone or on your waiver wire. Um. 
I said it in my last Philo uh, article for Hashtag Basketball that I'm, I'm trading for D'Angelo Russell. Um, I'm writing another one, uh, finish up this week here. And if, if it wasn't cheating, I'd put him on again. I think that he's really going to kind of take a step forward here in this post-All-Star break period. Um, other than that, I'm not super excited about any Lakers storyline just because I think Lou Williams, Nick Young, some of these veteran guys kind of clog uh, the the way for these young players, but I can see, I can see it. You can see the interestingness. It's there. It's I think it's high risk, high reward. Uh, it could be easily the most boring and or not should, shouldn't have even been on the list. But I think it could be also very interesting. So we'll have to we'll adjust our rankings based on who's uh, the teams that are on both of our lists. But I can't believe this team wasn't even on your list. My number one most intriguing team. Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, no. How are you not intrigued of what's going to happen when Ben Simmons comes back? Does Ben Simmons come back? I'm betting, once again, high-risk, high-reward. I'm betting that he does. I'm betting that he plays hard, uh, hard minutes and that they figure out a way to get him going with Bob Covington and Joel Embiid, and Nerlens Noel gets weird, and somehow T.J. McConnell is, is valid for some reason, and they get rid of Jaleel Okafor, and then you got uh, Saric coming off the bench, and you're like, oh, this guy's this could be six man of the year. Or it could just, you know, kind of be really disappointing, and everybody plays limited minutes, and it could be not not that interesting. But uh, we just don't know what Ben Simmons is going to bring. Um, another Joel Embiid brought a lot. Was if he gets unleashed, plays uh, back to backs, plays thirty some minutes a night. I I, I wanna, never know. I want to hear your Joel Embiid thoughts because th- this has been pretty interesting to me. Um, they basically said when he hurt his knee, but he was going to be back in relatively short order. He might miss a game or two. You know how many games he's missed so far. I do not. Quite a few. Well, let me get you. Yes, sir. From let me get you it the feels exact. Like quite a few at this point. It has been quite a few. Um, and all they keep saying is it has been two, four, six. It has been six games. Then he played in one, and he missed three before that. Hmm. So he has played. He has played in one of their last ten games. And they keep saying he's close to returning. But then another two days passes and he's out, and another two days passes and he's out. And so this could be a true sneaky. He may really be hurt worse than he they're letting on. True, it could be the opposite. It could be a nice way to tank um, while healing your you know potential superstar. Uh, through the all-star break before your other potential superstar comes back and you can give them some time together while picking up a nice draft pick in a, in a, uh, a deeper draft. We don't know what's going on in Philly, I guess, don't we? Which does make it intriguing. And here's another intriguing thing to think about that has nothing to do with fantasy. If you're Philly and you get the first pick or a top five pick or, or wherever the pick lies, what do you draft? Hmm. What do you? Yeah. Uh, other than best player available, let's say that there's a lot of good players available. 
you kind of got a three and probably another three and D wing and go uh, non-traditional Ben Simmons at point guard, or you go maybe point guard, the point guard route. And you have, you know, two guys who can handle the ball. uh, You do need a backup point guard anyway, but um, two guys who can handle the ball on the court with Ben Simmons and another point guard. I don't know. You can kind of go anywhere. It's it's a it's a great problem to have, right? You can go anywhere. Just just don't go for another center, okay? I mean, that's other that's than yeah, don't get another center. That's obviously the one ticked off the list. But they got some intriguing young players at kind of every position. Yeah, the process, yeah. man, it works. So, I mean, the whole we're tanking for a, another great draft pick. It's like. You already got a ton of young players that it is. Like I, I get that you want more, but I mean, get, get one more if he pans out great. If um, he's good, and you got too many pieces, trade for a superstar. It's a, it's it's a it's a the great problem to have too many assets. Even though they're obviously going to get, you know what, they'll probably get sixty cents on the dollar for Julio Okafor. But when it comes to like the rest of Okafor's career. They probably will be a little, a little closer to ninety cents on the dollar because I don't think Jimmy Okafor is um, capable of being uh, a new a new school type of center in the in the mold of Embiid or Miles Turner. Or, He's Nick Vucevic. Yeah, at best, that's what and he is. There is just just no future in the league for someone who plays like that anymore. And and that's not a that's not an indictment. I mean, Vucevic is a good player. But, yeah, I mean, that guy starts and could start on quite a few teams. But um, there's a place for him in the league. It's just not he's not the superstar you're looking for. I totally agree with all that. Um, another thing that interests me about the 76ers, and, and this is probably the last thing I'll say, is does the process win them a championship? Now this is going down the line, obviously, but in two or three years, could you see this as a title contending team i think a lot of people forget when you look at the teams who are contending now how many years it took superstars to come into their own talk about katie and westbrook even talk about lebron lebron did it quicker than most people ever have um it does take multiple years for young guys to mold into someone who can um, take their team deep in the playoffs. Oh, I think so, I think that maybe next year the the biggest step they take is, is to be a playoff team. Yeah, and I think not- that's that's I think that's saying that's a big, big step. I don't think that's the next step. I think that's a big step. And that's what I mean. I don't I think, think they're even a contending, serious contending like a Boston Celtics contending this season team until 2020. No, uh, I don't. That would even be to me a little bit early in the, in the timelines. Uh, just, just looking at how young those guys are because it's pretty, it's, it's hard to go from bad to good, but it's even harder to go from good to great. I'm you totally to, right there. You got to be great to contend. And and so I'm that's that's the 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 long term storyline I'm really most interested in following is the process has worked in the sense that you have a ton of young talent now can the process work to actually make you into something yeah does that does that translate into a real contender um, right. that's a valid valid question 
So, yeah, I think that is it for this evening, for this episode of Watching the Boxes. Those are the teams. Uh, it turns out we had way more than five, but we will be going in-depth on those teams uh, before the All-Star break, probably into the All-Star break as well. We might have a special All-Star uh, treat for everybody um, if, if, if everybody plays their cards right. Um, and it, Mike will come to your house and make you Rice Krispies. No, that's I, not it. Yeah, I will come to your house and I watch the All-Star game with a lucky viewer who pays for my flight to a warmer place other than Chicago. As long as you live in a warmer location. Is Pennsylvania warmer than Chicago, or are they the same? It's probably similar. I would put my money on Chicago being colder. We we sneak into that Arctic vortex that's been sneaking All right, so I'm, I'm eligible to win this. I'm excited. Yeah, if you would like to pay for my flat out <laughs> and food and video um, games, that would be perfect. Oh, we, we can have nachos and play NBA uh, 2K while you're here. Perfect. Then we watch the All-Star game and bet on the uh, the dunk contest. <laughs> my, fav- my favorite things to oh, do. I'm going to let everybody in on a, uh, a tra- All-Star tradition, so we will get to that closer to the All-Star break. All right, it sounds good, and I am excited for it all, Mike. Perfect. You got anything to uh, plug before we go? Um, yeah, check out my forthcoming um, buy low article, which should be out by the end of this week. Everybody go to hashtagbasketball.com and check that out. Where can we find you on Twitter? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Watsy4444. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes, all one word, on Twitter. If you like what you're hearing, you want to give us some feedback on the show, please tweet at us. And even better yet, rate the show, give us a review. Those reviews help us in the rankings, help people find the show. Or tell a friend in your Keeper League that we're talking about Keeper stuff and he needs to tune into the show and download it immediately. Um, that would be great for us. It helps um, us keep this podcast going. Uh, Tyler, thanks for joining me. It was a pleasure, as always, Mike. Beautiful. And everybody out there, have a good one. We will see you next week.